welcome back to Eye to Eye, the Digital Renaissance podcast. I'm your host, Percy Hornack, and this week I'm here with an interview with Mitchell Hoover, one of our lead artists within the Digital Renaissance project. They've been leading workshops involving live coding, 3D graphic design, and creating Instagram filters, and I'm really excited for you to meet them. Let's jump in. Tell me about yourself, any details that you would like to share about your art or your personhood. Sure. My name is Mitchell Hoover. Uh, I come from a town of a thousand people in the middle of Kansas. You could literally cross our town in about 30 seconds by car. Yeah, I was raised there, did some theater in high school, really liked it. Went to a community college on a theater scholarship for about two years. Studied in New York during that time for a summer at Stella Adler. Met a bunch, and this was like 2008 during the middle of the financial crisis. And uh, met, a, met a bunch of people, yeah. Uh, met a bunch of people who were, you know, from NYU, about $100,000 in debt already. And I, I don't come from a family with a lot of money. So it was just like uh, fin them financing any of my college was not an option. So I got home and tried to figure out what to do. And my idea was the Marine Corps mainly because I didn't have a car and it was the closest recruiting station to the college. <laughs> I couldn't get to the Air Force or Army thing across town because I just didn't have a car uh, in the town I was attending college. Oh, sorry. My bird was freaking out. Come here. All is well. Yeah, we have a special yeah. guest for this for this yeah. podcast episode. This is Maltar, uh, the bird. Maltar. Uh, yeah, they've been freaking out. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so I went to the Marines, served as a crew chief on V-22s, which is like a helicopter that turns into a plane in midair. Um, yeah, we were like some of the first crew chiefs. Well, not some of the first, but we were in the first like couple hundred of crew chiefs assigned to it. And uh, basically, you just fly in the back, load cargo, uh, load passengers, and you know a lot about maintenance. And so you can just guide the pilots midair, and you're always looking out and stuff like that. Uh, took me to like uh, East Coast, West Coast, Okinawa. Um, Okinawa, six, six months on the boat. Um, Nepal for humanitarian aid, Philippines for humanitarian aid. And we ended up going to the Philippines about seven times while I was there. And uh, yeah, just basic stuff like that. And then as soon as I got home, I auditioned for the new school as an actor. Uh, got in, started attending on the GI Bill in 2016. Uh, went there for four years. But while I was there, I realized that there was this whole field of projection design that I really enjoyed. Um, specifically, I remember a video with Jeff Sugg in it, and I would just I was so enamored by what they were doing. And at the time, I was an intern at the Wooster Group as a technical intern. And, you know, it just everything fell into place. And I realized after a couple shows that acting wasn't giving me the same feeling that it used to. But when I designed stuff, when I made stuff, it felt really good. And I, I never considered myself an artist at all. But then these computer programs started just making sense, like Isadora, After Effects, everything just kind of, uh, it just everything clicked at one time. And so I just started devoting my time to that. And uh, then that branched off into virtual reality, augmented reality, and then 3D modeling, volumetric captures of people. And uh, yeah, and that's kind of the story. And now I'm in the middle of a pandemic with a collapsed industry but I just graduated. <laughs> so we're, we're readjusting. We're figuring things out. A lot of VR, a lot of just freelance gigs uh, and Andy's obviously, but uh, that's where we are. I know and I live in a... Bushwick now. Yeah. Amazing. 
Yeah. Yeah. I know this is a hard question because like I, mm-hmm. as a person who does a lot of things themselves, like, would you describe yourself as like a video artist, a multidisciplinary artist? Like how would you label mm-hmm. yourself? Should you have to? I, I would say creative technologist kind of nails it because Ooh, I, I, love I, that. I, I've tried to like, I've tried to come up with it because even projection design, I don't like a lot of projection design, to be honest. I, only because I think it's just because I haven't had a chance to fully get at it. Because, I mean, even my thesis it got canceled. I got to design a show for the main stage at the new school for the MFA program, which was like the first time a, a BFA student got to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was like a, a huge deal for me. But yeah, I think if I just... Once theater comes back, uh, I'll be able to get a lot more gigs because uh, I was doing a lot of random assistant gigs and stuff like that, but never having full control. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think uh, next year I'm planning on going to UMD to get my uh, MFA um, with Jared and um, hoping to explore more into projection design and volumetric video and uh, VR while I'm there because oh. VR is just... Oh, so good i was literally uh playing google earth the other day <laughs> and i was sitting on my floor just like scrolling around <laughs> france just like peeling it back and getting really close and sometimes i'll go to like theme parks mm-hmm. and just like look at all these rides and stuff virtual reality is so cool it's just so cool mm. i had a friend in college and we were tutors in the writing center together and katie diley and i would play this game where you go on google earth and it's you have it send you to a random place and then you try to guess where it is Oh wow! Have, yeah, it was it was a very silly game, but it was also very yeah, no, fun. Yeah, we didn't have anything to do. No, it's like uh, it's kind of like Wikipedia tunnels, mm-hmm. where you start off on a random page and they say, "Go ahead and connect this to potatoes," and yeah. you have to get there in the shortest amount of clicks. It's it, we played that a lot in the Marines <laughs> when we were bored on the ship because Wikipedia always loaded really well. Um, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, um, totally agree. So I'm assuming that UMD connection is it but you know how did you how did you first get involved with andy's and the in the digital renaissance project yeah it's been kind of weird i have been talking to jared about going to umd and i got in i i i was you know possibly going to go this year but i decided to give it a year um and see what happens and then Mm -hmm. jared reached out about this whole project and uh i proposed a few ideas and that's kind of just how it happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have other connections because I've assisted like Olivia Sebesky and things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, and I've just, you know, it's kind of always been there. I met Jared first uh, during one of Olivia's projection and stage designs for um, To Catch a Star. I How to Catch a Star? Called. How to Catch a Star. That's it. Uh, yeah, because I was, because I kind of just... <laughs> Someone call it ambushed, uh, <laughs> Olivia, after she subbed one of our classes uh, because I had her freshman year. Mm-hmm. And um, after she subbed a class my uh, junior year, I was just like, hey, what are you doing? And could I assist you? And she said, well, I'm doing a show in D.C., but I already have assistant. If you can just get the money and come, you can sit in. And I did that. And then that kind of turned into just mm-hmm. a couple of random gigs. But, yeah, that's kind of the whole story with that. It's just knowing Jared and just proposing some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What uh, specific kind of workshops have you been leading or what have you been doing within the the project this summer? 
Uh, I've been doing a lot of Isadora stuff, um, did some 3D printing, a lot of Blender, because uh, that was, honestly, I started learning Blender as soon as we went into uh, isolation, because I'm like, I'm around my computer, it's time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kept putting it off because it was so difficult. And it was that, and then I've also taught like some visual coding, uh, live coding for uh, browser-based coding projects. Uh, yeah, stuff like that, just technical skills, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm curious because I think a lot of the stuff that we're offering within the project is like performance based or a very different in flavor to this kind of super technical stuff. And I'm curious about what you have observed with the, with the kids as they're sort of picking up these like super technical things. Mm -hmm. First off, I'm really impressed, like so impressed by them because like I said, I just picked up Blender as a 29 year old. Uh, now 30 year old and uh, the fact that they're picking it up at like age nine, age 11 and are actually making stuff makes me super angry and I'm so (laughs) jealous of all of them, but they're amazing and they've been super attentive. Even if they don't have uh, a blender open, even if they're just like watching me do stuff, they're very attentive and they're just into it. And I've never had a bad experience, not once, with anybody. And if they have a question, they'll say it. Yeah, I've just had great experiences. And I've also, like, I've always had someone in my class, even if it's one person, and it's just, not only was I, I feel like they're learning a lot, I'm also learning a lot by just teaching it. I'm finding things, like, if I do something that I thought was going to work, and it doesn't work, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense why that wouldn't work. I'm sorry for teaching you that. But yeah, that's it's been really nice so far. It's been really great. I really I'm sure love it'll that. continue to be. Yeah. Yeah, that philosophy of just like, I also don't fully know what I'm doing, so we're just gonna figure no it idea. out together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have there been any sort of challenges associated with doing this sort of teaching over Zoom? Because I think mm-hmm. I would assume that like it makes sense because it's all on the computer anyway, but I wonder it can get a little uh difficult trying to um it's been difficult trying to show them uh detailed things sometimes because uh i mean i have blender open and stuff but sometimes i forget that certain keystrokes aren't known by them Mm -hmm. and that i i have to literally slow myself down um because i have a general habit of speaking too quickly and uh that's been the main thing is that Mm -hmm. just making sure i'm being very uh like i'm gesturing a lot and really like like circling things with my mouse and yeah that's been about it though i mean having the having the software open has really helped me and being able to do that screen share is a gift to all mankind Mm -hmm. and uh it's it's just yeah i haven't had a lot of bad experiences with that no what has your experience of the digital renaissance project overall been like as this like very new thing that we're all figuring out as we go (laughs) I've I've honestly whew, I've honestly been very impressed um because I know that uh, like basically the entire budget was just shifted and how quickly everything came together was so impressive and everyone's always so friendly and open to any kind of project I've suggested because like uh I randomly like Jared asked me what I wanted to do I'm like I want to do Instagram filters and he's like yes let's do that and I'm like, cool uh, I want to do live visual coding. He's just, yes, let's put it in. And, you know, it's it's just a um, very open area. And I, I've just been very impressed with that and the variety as well, because I'm seeing like all these performance classes, like you said, I'm seeing all these 
like warm up classes, things like that. And it's very cool. It's very cool to see like this little, this, these combinations of skills. And I'm just, it's the first time I've seen something like this. And mm -hmm. so it, 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 I think this is like an amazing example of how we can kind of adjust to this new reality we're in where, you know, we may not be able to gather in a theater for a long time and giving students the ability to have the autonomy to make stuff themselves, I think is the greatest gift you can give because a lot of people don't realize the resources that are out there. They don't realize that because they don't, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. So if you show them all these possibilities, it, things start clicking and they find ways to uh, combine it with their own art. You know, so like uh, I do these random doodles and things like that. And I've been able to turn those doodles into 3D art uh, because it's literally just taking a photo, turning it into an uh, SVG file and then just making uh, things out of it in Blender. And yeah, it's just trying to find the combination of everything. It's really beautiful. Are you taking, do you find that you've taken away anything from the process of like teaching these things uh, that you'll bring into your own artistic practice? I, I, yeah, uh, definitely, definitely, because I, I'm finding, like, through all this digital communication, I'm finding new ways of using it, mm -hmm. um, like, uh, like the experiments over Zoom that uh, Jared and the rest of them have been doing. Uh, they've been super impressive, and even just messing around with the green screen during our LGBT hour, it's like, that was just a silly thing I started doing, but then it made me realize this is really useful. Mm -hmm. and it may be a way to like make some weird um because i used to be a magician as a kid that was my whole thing a way to like recreate magic on the stage mm -hmm. and stuff like that like i've always been interested how to uh how to make that combination yeah i think that's the major takeaway for me is what i can do with zoom and what i can do with a lot of these skills because it's also like linking up everything i do as well yeah, I think the thing, and this is like getting into like a very like broad, like galaxy brain philosophical <laughs> thought, but I think a lot of Lay like my, my, like, as a person who does not have a ton of technical knowledge beyond like electrics specifically, um, like computer stuff, I'm not super good at. So I have a habit of like disconnecting that from art making and I'm impressed by like I can do the super technical thing and it is still making art. And I'm curious about like how you see the relationship between these like super technical things and like the, like, I don't know, fancy, like our understanding of what it is to make art and how you see those two things becoming more united. I see it the same way, the same way we look at like painting and stuff like that, because they, I mean, that's like traditional art and things like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think a keyboard and mouse is just an extension of you. Mm -hmm. um, especially when you do it enough. I mean, a mouse and a keyboard just becomes second nature. It's like playing a video game, um, which is also the highest form of art, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I have a lot of opinions on how video games are just I mean, the future same. of art. Yeah, I think they're the future of art. I really, really do. I think interactive media is the future of making stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think that excludes the tools that people have been traditionally used their whole life. But I think what's awesome about the technical skills in art is that one, it's so accessible. Like you don't have to have a very powerful computer to do, you can do art on your phone. Mm -hmm. Like uh, you can make anything and there's no, 
need to go out and get stuff. There's no need to have supplies because you literally have everything at your fingertips. And this whole idea of open source technology, like, mm-hmm is beautiful to me because I believe open source is also the future of a lot of this tech because I think that was the initial purpose of like the internet and things like that. But yeah, it's finding beauty and in that. And I think it's also a wonderful combination with other skills like math and science. And it's this perfectly unifying bit because you also get philosophical because eventually a computer is going to be equal to our brain. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean? Uh, if a computer makes art, if a computer makes AI art, what is that going to mean for us? Um, but yeah, I think that's about it. It's, it's like, it's mm-hmm. so accessible. It's uh, incredibly, you know, you can get a computer very cheap now and almost cheaper than the, your collection of paints and brushes and things like that. Mm-hmm. And those all have a place. Those are fantastic. But I think this is where everything is going, you know, but yeah. just my opinion as I get my ear nibbled on by a really <laughs> aggressive bird. You know, that's the way the future is. Um, yes. So we'll all get, we'll all get birds. Uh, you should. I support them. Yeah, well, beautiful. I think it's a, it's a lovely note for us to leave off on. I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to Eye to Eye, the digital renaissance podcast. Theme music is by Dylan Gladhorn, artwork by Raven Bartlett, production and editing by me. See you next week for another dose of Andy's magic.